hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Monk, and the only podcast that is specifically liked by the rap group Blackstreet because the, they like the way we work it. No Funkin, like to back it up. That doesn't really work. But anyway, uh, join us, uh, Jay Christie. Join us always, Andre Brer. Andre, how are you? I was doing great until I heard that one. Whoa. Yeah, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, no funk. I'm like, how do I even get there? Um, yeah, this is a really bad showing by me. I, I'm not proud of myself. It's okay. You you don't have a word fever, but we're about to get have a little bit of lotto fever. Now, that brings up an important question, as we're talking about Mr. Monk gets lotto fever. Do you ever play the lottery? Um, On occasion, like when it's like super crazy, like... I think there was one like seven hundred million or something like that. Yeah, that ago. the Powerball was that at one point. Um, yeah, that's like yeah. the only time I really. I obviously will do like scratch offs when like my mother gets them for me for Christmas or whatever. But um, other than that, not a not a big lottery guy. Um, well, that's a different uh, East Coast West Coast thing, I guess, because we call them scratchers. Scratchers, yeah. We're, we're I'm a purely I just know them as scratch offs, but scratchers. I mean, they're it's basically the same thing. But I never really won any of those either. Um, I got bad luck, I guess. I've only, I've only, I've only won like the um, free tickets, on yeah. scratchers or like five yeah. bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, you know, we're not really experts on the lottery, but we are experts on talking about Mr. Monk gets lotto fever. Um, what do you think of this episode? Uh, it was okay. It was right. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Um, he doesn't actually get lotto fever. Someone no. else does. Uh, he very specifically does not. Like he is not swayed by the lottery. I mean, yeah, you kind of think to yourself, like, if he just channeled all of his energy into picking, like, lotto numbers, I, I'm pretty sure he would win it before a lot of other people would. I, I don't think so, because I think technically speaking, there really is no way to guess what it is. I think it is entirely random. Um, at least yeah. random enough where you can't guess it. Yeah, I guess I would have, for whatever reason, I think I would have enjoyed this episode a lot more if, for whatever reason, he had won the lotto in it. Yeah, or if he not, or if he at least actually did get lotto fever, like if he thought that he could. Yes, play. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not what the episode is. Uh, we start off with um, on the set of gold rush numbers, which is obviously like a fake lotto uh, thing for California, the state of California. Which I mean, I'll be honest, that sounds real. Gold rush, good, you know. Yeah, it does. Um, it's hosted by uh, Marissa Kessler, who uh, is she's done not long sh- for this world. <laughs> no, uh, and she's getting chased. And whoever is trying to kill her really wants to kill her. Yeah, you know it's um it's a little jarring. It doesn't it's just like because you don't get any context into what's going on. Literally, she like reads the numbers, and all of a sudden, some dude's chasing her. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, eventually, like she gets to her car, but he like breaks a window to the car, and so she runs out again, and he catches up to her and basically stabs her to death. Yes. And, and cue ragtime music. Yes. Um, it always is nice and jarring to see someone get murdered and then the dulcet tones of Randy Newman come in. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's great. Anyway, so we're at the scene and Monk is really, he, he the whole scene doesn't sit right with him. Yeah, uh, something just seems off about it. Um, and yeah, it's like, uh, we go straight to it, you know? Usually there's, like, some other scenes that happen, but yeah, we're straight at the scene, and he's already, like, has a hunch that something's going on, and Mm -hmm. he notices, like, the marks on the body, and basically it looks like the victim was either stabbed six times, or, for what he thinks, was stabbed three times with, like, a two-pronged instrument, specifically, like, maybe, like, a pair of scissors. Yes. Um, it... And I think that it is interesting because basically 
there, yeah, he needs to just um, disprove the fact that it was a robbery. Um, and the thing about a scissors is, a scissors are not what you bring to a robbery. They're what you bring when it's a spur of the moment killing. Um, right. And on top of that, she has like a mud stain on her shoe, uh, and there's a puddle nearby where the studio exit is. But she clearly would be able to see it if she was walking because there's light right there. But if she was running, she might have missed it. So Monk is quickly convinced that whoever did it was in the studio and chased her from there. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and, like, not only that, but there, uh, there's some weird, like, paint on her fingers, mm-hmm. which we won't get the answer to quite yet, but that's just something to note about the corpse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so... Stoudemire wants a list of all the employees, um, and they're wondering what the motive is, and of course Stoudemire says very slyly, mm, there's 20 million people with a motive. Um, she broke my heart three times a week. Yeah, um, you know, I didn't take him for like a lotto guy, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, yeah. it's a shame. Yeah, um, and then so another random cop whose name I forgot to write down, who you would yeah. think is going to be involved, but isn't. Um, right. He wants Monk's autograph because Monk, because this guy's nephew is Monk's biggest fan. Um, and so he ends up giving the autograph, but he's, he writes on Natalie's back. Um, Did he do this previously to Natalie or was this to Sharona? Uh, well, there's the bit in Mr. Monk and uh, Goes to the Reunion where he his back is written on and he has the superpower of being able to tell what people write on his back. Oh, right. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, but he's very rude to Natalie about it. Yeah, as he usually is. Mm-hmm. And so we then cut to Randy, who wrote something in his notebook, which is he wrote down, it looks like her number came up, because that's the zing he wants to use. Because apparently another cop pushed a drug dealer against a post and said, I'll keep you posted. And it was the talk of the precinct for months, which I love. I love the concept that everyone's like, did you hear he said, I'll keep you posted? Yeah, everyone's basically channeling their inner David Caruso. Um, Man, that and you love to see it. was so great. I think that we don't talk enough. I mean, we joke yeah! about it. Exactly. It just was like, I, I, I love those zingers. And it really is just like, it, it's just, I, lo- I love the fact that David Caruso was on a super successful cop TV show. Quit after the first season because he's like, no, I'm going to make it big in the movies. I'm bigger than this. Went into the movies, struck out for a, a decade basically, and then ended up back on TV just say, slinging corny lines. Uh, do you remember his character's name in uh, CSI Miami? Because it's one of my favorites in TV history. Okay, I want to say it's Horatio Kane. It is Horatio Kane. Yeah! <laughs> Speaking of names, by the way, did you know that there's a Melissa Barrera is one of the stars of the new In the Heights movie? Okay, I've been hearing so much about Melissa Barrera these days. Um, is she your cousin? No, okay, that's the okay, funny thing. I think my... she's really hot, if, if you could get no, me in touch. No, I know, I know, thank you. Um, it's funny, because my friend watches that show Vita on Stars, and apparently mm. she's very, like, nude in it all the time, and he, I... she, mentioned, she, mentioned, she mentioned it to me, and she's like, hey, like, have you, have you seen the show? I'm like, no, I purposely avoid the show in case I'm actually related to her, and mm-hmm. I don't want to, like, you know. Yeah, that's, that's some stuff you don't want to do. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah Horatio Kane. Anyway, um, and so, of course, and Randy's like, I gotta pick the right moment to say it, and he's right. And then, of course, the other officer, the same guy, um, says it before Randy can say it. Um, and, and he is he is distraught. He's he pissed. flies off the handle. Yeah. But anyway, um, we then see that uh, the station manager comes out and gives the list of people who work at the station to Natalie. Um, 
and he is under the impression that she's a cop. But then he's like, no, no, no. Like she's like, no, no, no. I work uh, with Adrian Monk. It's like, oh, you're his partner. Well, partner slash babysitter slash assistant slash babysitter. And then he asks okay. a question. Go, 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 go. Right, right off rip. I'm just like, why is this dude giving like this information to? Not to say that Cal- Natalie, Natalie, Natalie doesn't look like a cop, but I'm pretty sure most. Okay, I don't know if I'm just like tainted by every other female cop I've seen on TV. I just don't see them dressing like Natalie does. No, I don't think so either. I don't know why he gave, but she was there. But he does then say the thing that I think every person, you know, in their wildest dreams wants someone to say to them, have you ever done any acting in the past? Um, Because he has an offer for her that she can't refuse. Yeah, you know, obviously with, um, what was her name again? The one that died? Marissa? Marissa. Marissa? Yeah, Marissa. Obviously with her dead, uh, they, they need someone to fill in. And at first, you know, they just kind of wanted to fill in for the first day. And, you know, take it from there. If it works out, then she can audition over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So she's, like, kind of nervous about it at first, but it's clear that she's, like, very flattered by it, and she definitely wants to do it. And, of course, we have... And this is a reputable thing, because usually when someone says, have you ever done any acting before? Do you want to act? Like, most of the time, that's a serial killer. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't going there. I was going somewhere else dark, but not where you thought I was going. No, no, no. But, like, you know, that is, like, how 90% of serial killers in the 70s, you know... Uh, got their victims. Yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> that was a long silence. Anyway, Monk comes back, and Monk's on cloud nine because he was just talking to this cop's nephew on the phone. Um, right. He's, the, the, the only reason they do is to set up that he loves how it feels to be uh, the important one. Um, and right. so Natalie asks about it, and I just love, uh, they want to be over for one night, just tomorrow. Well, yeah, but tomorrow is Wednesday. We have plans. Right, which is just her cooking dinner while he vacuums his rug or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And so he gives an answer. And what do you remember what his answer is? Uh, no, I don't. It's n- no K. Yeah, it's okay, no K, okay. yeah. Yeah, and then Natalie correctly surmises that this is about as close to an okay as she's going to get from him. Because yes. he's clearly, um, you know, he, he knows he knows where this is headed. Yes. So then Natalie's on the set, um, and they say that there's really, it feels like there's no rehearsal whatsoever, which I get that there's no script, but there's no way they wouldn't have given her the right. basics of what to say. Like, that's just exactly. so stupid. Exactly, exactly, Even as Even like, as simple as a thing to say to begin and a thing to say to end. Like, that's all you need. Right, you even just say, like, what, coming to you live from KP San Francisco or some shit? Coming like, to you anything. live from KPSF. I don't know if that's, that's not a real station. Yeah, something like Whatever. that. Um... And, you know, they also keep just keep calling her new girl, which is rude. Um, that's only accessible if you're talking to Zoe Deschanel and Zoe Deschanel. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 So the the sound guy or sound engineer or something, um, he seems to be a little bit more vocal with his disapproval. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he keeps, like, correcting her and telling her that she's off the mark. And, mm-hmm. yeah, being a real douchebag. Yeah. Yeah, you would think that... If I mean, obviously we know why he's not, but you would think that if the host of a show got murdered and they needed a last second replacement, everyone would be trying their hardest to like make it go smoothly. <laughs> you know, like it's right. Really... Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. yeah, like I get why the sound guy's being mean because he's the murderer, but like everyone else is like, why are you treating her like shit? Like she's she's actually doing you a solid. <laughs> like you're you know you'd be out of a job. <laughs> right, and yeah, he'll get his comeuppance. Yes, um, and so at this is going on, the station manager gives. Uh, Disher and Stoudemire Marissa's fan mail um, which apparently has some personal stuff in it 
Um, and uh, I don't even want to think about that. Um, and so we get to the start where Natalie starts off very, very nervous. Um, yeah. And, you know, she forgets to turn on the machine, etc. But the thing I actually like about that as this is going on is that she starts off really nervous, but you can tell, see her get comfortable as it goes on. And even yeah. though... Even though I think it's a bit unrealistic that the guy's immediately like, you were great, et cetera, et cetera, I think that you can see in the first episode that she has something that makes her good at it. That, like, you would, you would understand why they would say, like, yeah, with some tr- with some more practice, you can be the full-time person, you know? Yeah, after a while, you know, she gets, she gets, she gets into her uh, into a groove, and, uh, yeah, you can definitely see the potential there. Mm-hmm. So they start reading yeah, like the it's, numbers. Sorry, it's 25, which yeah. is... Uh, I think it's my mom's birthday is what it was. 52 right. cards in a deck. Seven. Seven. The seven dwarves. 32 30 teeth, teeth in your mouth. 10. My boss's favorite number. And 17. The age of my daughter. Hi, Julie. Which I think yeah. that, that is, that's good. That's good stuff, you know. Um, yeah, very wholesome. Very, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's nice. And then she goes the, the I I, th- I actually do think that the last line of tune in uh, next time, you'll thank me later. That's really good for the lot of That's good. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's just you know, you know, the, you know the vibes. Like she yeah, definitely jogged. She jogged Mr. Monk. But the thing is, he's not on television. It's just a phrase he uses in regular life. Like it's not. He didn't have it copyrighted. He should have. Not that he's gonna sue or anything, but yeah. Yeah. Um. And so anyway, I love how Monk goes. I say that. <laughs> and then Randy goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> I do love that whole uh, Randy thing in this episode. Yeah. Um, and then Stalmar's Maggie's like, might as well flush 20 bucks down the toilet. Which, not, I think that people, there's a certain type of, like, smarter-than-you person on the internet who's like, why do people play the lottery? The odds are so long. Like, most people who play the lottery don't play it because they actually think they're going to win. It's because it's a fun thing to do. Like, my mom would do that with, like, her coworkers where, like, six of them would go in on a lottery ticket. And that's a fun thing to do with your coworkers. So I don't like to criticize people who play the lottery. But if you're spending 20 bucks on the lottery a week, that's, like, okay. That's a bit much. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Especially for a cop that probably has to pay alimony. Exactly. Um, and you, you know what they call it alimony? It's because you give all your money. That's so dumb. Uh, I just thought of it right now. Yuck, I, yuck, 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 yuck. Great stuff. Um, and, you know, uh, Natalie's beating herself up. He thought she was stu- being nervous, etc. But it was fun, etc., etc. But apparently, the phones are lighting up like crazy. They love you. Yeah, you know, and, like, I never knew that, like, uh, Lotto girls drove the conversation at local TV stations, but I guess I don't know shit about local TV stations. I think they got, I mean, it's They really, got some juice. Without going into, like, this, but like just the type of people who probably watch local television late at night, like, there's just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's no amount of thing where you could say people being horny would doesn't drive a certain thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah. Like, who is, if you, if you, I don't know about you, but like, I definitely can imagine like a 50 something year old uncle who's like divorced and like just sit around and drinks all day. Like, his favorite person in the world. You know what I really like? That lotto girl. You know what I mean? Like, I can just imagine that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Probably someone that uh, goes to casinos at like 2 p.m. Oh, yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Ozzy, specifically I'm thinking of is Bill Cain's no disrespect. character in Molly's game. But, um, anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Uh, great. I'm not great movie, but it's a movie that I like to say types of movies that fuck. Like, oh man, that movie fucks. It's not great, yeah. but it fucks. Um, yeah. anyway. So, uh, yeah. They ask her to do it full time, and, you know, she says she really can use the money, and we know she can, because Monk doesn't pay anything. Um, I think and he owes her 1800 Yeah. 
And so she's like, you know, um, I, I, I'm, I, I can do you first. I can, I can do the work with you first. It will always come first. But this would be good. And she says yes. And, of course, the guy remarks, A Star is Born. Um, great movie. That movie is actually great. Um, <laughs> no, it's not, man. It is. Really I love not. that movie. I love that movie. Which one? The new one. Love it. Oh, God, man. I love it. <sighs> okay. I just want to take it all over you. Um, it's a great movie. I'm sorry. It's probably my favorite movie of that year. Um, anyway. ah! Yeah, I'm not going to apologize for it. I love it. Unironically. That's okay. Yeah, this is going. Go on. Yeah. And so when we cut to immediately a star being born, where we see that Natalie's face is on a bus, which, wow, that happened fast. Yeah, you know, like I said, I had no idea that they carried that much juice, but yeah, so she's she's on the bus, mm-hmm. and she's very, uh, almost like fake, like aw shucksing, or maybe she's actually aw shucks about it. At it's point. hard to tell. Yeah. Um, and so... There, but like the whole point is that they're there for like, or Monk makes it a point to say like, we're not here to talk about your uh, budding uh, lottery career. girl career. We're yeah. here to investigate the murder of a real person, Marissa Kel Kessler. 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 So they're there to investigate a man named Malcolm O'Dwyer, who apparently some sort of lottery fanatic who uh, at some point in time used to write letters to Marissa that may have sounded vaguely threatening or something. Yeah. And so, as they're about to go up, Natalie gets accosted by some people. Not accosted, but asking for autographs. Um, yeah. And she makes Approached. Monk bend over uh, to write. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No, yeah, to write. Get your mind out of the gutter. Um, and so then we cut to inside where Stop and are talking to Malcolm, um, who's played by a great that guy. I honestly forgot to write down his name, but he's in, like, every TV show. I don't know that guy, dude. I've never oh, seen really? him. And even my he's wife, like, has, like, pointed it out. Yeah, he was in. I mean, he's in. I love. He's in a really good episode of Psych, but he's in. Uh, he's a recurring character on The Boys, where he plays a producer for. Like, he worked for the company, the company with Seven, but he also is in a support group for people who have been hurt by superheroes because he got his, I believe, his dick broken off during sex with a superhero. I believe is his character's arc. It's great stuff. Um, wow. Okay. Like, I'm like four episodes into season two of The Boys, and I don't he. That's in season one of The Boys, so I don't. I don't even remember him in that. Anyway. Um, but he's a crazy person about the lottery, um, and he says it's not just a game to him, you know? It's, it's bigger than a game, um, which sounds like an advertisement for the NFL, but it's just a thing he says about the lottery. Yeah, and he basically looks like he lives in, like, uh, John Doe's apartment from Seven. It's just, like, post-it notes, like, all mm-hmm. these pictures everywhere, like, mm-hmm. he's a freak. And it's crazy, he also rips off his, uh, fingerprints, but for, just for fun. No. Um... <laughs> And uh, so he's asked if he has a pair of scissors, and he's like, yeah, doesn't everybody? But he has, like, safety scissors, um, so clearly he's not the guy. Uh, right. Because he's convinced, like, as he realized, like, oh, my God, you guys think I killed Marissa Kessler? But he's like, no, I'm just a freelance journalist. I write the lotto bulletin. Uh, yeah, and apparently in his degenerate self, uh, Stoudemire is a, uh, a reader of it. I won't say avid, but. Yeah, yeah, he's familiar with it, you know. Um, yes, and he's got like an algorithm on a blackboard of his numbers. It apparently incorporates Isaac Newton's theories into it, which you know, fair. And because apparently he only buys one ticket a week, whereas Stalmar buys twenty tickets a week. <laughs> Good God! And Malcolm's a genius about it, because which is why he's won exactly zero dollars in his whole life. 
Right. He, uh, for whatever reason, is like on his high horse about it. He'd rather win his way than, or lose his way than win Stottlemyre's way, which is, I guess, just blankly just buying lottery tickets and not guessing numbers or something. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, yeah, definitely not, um, I, not something I agree with. I understand where he's coming from, but like it is just like I, I think that he has a point about it's it's if you pick numbers like for like a crazy reason it's more rewarding if you win that way. But that doesn't mean Correct. that I wouldn't want to win the other way. You know, like yeah, I agree. Right. If, if you were just pick, if you were to buy just one ticket a week and you won, that would be more like rewarding mentally than if you bought like twenty a week. But that doesn't mean that you don't want to win if you buy twenty a week. Um, anyway, exactly. Uh, then Disher tells him. You know, tell, hey, Malcolm, we got your number. Which, you know, he's, he's trying. I really appreciate it. He's going for it's it. It's too late, man. That guy really fucked him on that. I, I tr- He really, he got him bad. Um, and uh, so then Monk enters. And, of course, Natalie's not with him because she's uh, too busy signing autographs. And Stoudemire remarks, you hate this, don't you? Yeah, and it's obvious. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, Monk is... He's not exactly, like, inviting the limelight, but at some point in time, he does... Like, at some points in this... Uh, in the arc of this whole show, he does lean into, like, you know, yeah. being famous or being good at stuff. So exactly. It's it not is, like being famous. He likes people being amazed at him. And he doesn't yes, like the fact exactly. that Natalie is... That people are amazed at Natalie for something he doesn't value. Yes. Agreed. Because yeah. um, I so, think that Natalie acts... Yeah, Natalie acts inappropriately in this episode, but I think that Monk doesn't acquit himself... Right, like you don't feel. I don't feel bad for Monk in this episode at all. Um, yeah, yeah. I think in a vacuum you could like see that like this is clearly getting to Natalie's head. But um, yeah, but yeah, he has no but, moral high ground here. And Monk has absolutely he is you know, unable to communicate his problem in a healthy way that like might like he is he just gets mad and stews about it without just being like, hey, Natalie, do you mind? Like he, he can't. Do yes, that. yes, correct. Um, and because in. I love uh, Stadmar says you're Garfunkel and you can't stand it. Um, you know, uh, I'll be honest with you, Garf- Art Garfunkel has taken more L's just in popular culture. You know what I mean? I, yeah, man, it's actually very sad. I mean, I wonder like how he feels about this all. Is he still alive? Uh yeah, yeah, he's still alive. I think, um, I think he is at least. Let me double check that. Art. I mean, history will be kind to him because I think everyone's finally starting to realize that Paul Simon's like kind of a piece of shit, right? Like, I, I honestly don't general know. consensus. I, I'm not. I know. I'm never been a big. Just that type of music is not that I don't like it. It's just it's never been something I'm interested in. So I really have no conception of what people think about Paul Simon. Um, I whenever think of, I mostly think of Paul Simon is just like that he uh, is who would be the musical guest on SNL whenever someone would drop out. Um, Oh really? Friends with Lil Michaels. Yeah, him and Lil Michaels are uh, like best friends, which is of course they are. Um, but anyway, that yeah, he's just taking so many L's. Like I was just watching a movie like two weeks ago. I was watching This Is Forty like a week ago, and there's a whole bit where it's like you always make me Garfunkel, and it's like this man he worked hard. He's a successful musician. What did he do to deserve being synonymous with the second fiddle? Is he? Um, is that movie good? Uh it's okay. I, I, if you like Judd Apatow stuff, you will like. You have to actually really like Judd Apatow stuff because it is the yeah. most uncut Apatow. And I like Judd Apatow stuff just as I like his sensibility. Um, but I really yeah. fucking hated. I really hated Funny People. I thought. Oh, that was I really like such funny a people. cynical movie. Like, I like Funny People. So yeah, if you if if you don't like Funny People, then you would not like This Is Forty because This Is Forty okay. has even less of a plot. It's really just like what just let like, just go a week in the life of two people in the, who are about to turn forty. It's yeah, like, I'm good. Anyway, um, 
there's a two hundred twelve million dollar jackpot coming up, um, and uh, you know that's a it's it's a big deal, you know. All right, hold on. Let's just let's just get this out of the way. I feel like sure. we're we're sidestepping something. Yeah. If you won, if you won two hundred and twelve million dollars, mm-hmm. what are the first three things that you're doing? Um, I am paying off my parents. Well, actually, I'm paying off my parents' mortgage, and then if they want another house, I'd buy them a new house. Um, uh-huh. I am probably buying a house somewhere in Los Angeles and moving to Los Angeles. Really? Um, and you've yeah, never like even I, been here? Yeah, but I just, I mean, I know I'd rather, because what I want to do for a living, I either need to live in New York or Los Angeles, and I'd rather live somewhere where it's warm. So you so. still want to work. That's good. Oh, That's yeah, good. yeah. Well, no, because, I mean, yeah, the, uh, writing and creating stuff is the thing that fulfills me most in the entire world, so um, more than any fun thing. Like, if I can create stuff, that's the mo- most happy I ever am. Um, so, okay. uh, and that's then true. I'm probably using the rest of that money. I don't know exactly how, but in ways to, like, I'll probably start producing stuff to try to get myself into, like, the entertainment stuff, honestly. that's pro- And then also with my brothers and stuff, I'll buy my family. I'll spend a lot of it to put basically pay down on my family's debts, because I don't have any... Beyond, like, a good and nice house or whatever, I don't have any crazy ambitious uh, material objects I need, if that makes sense. Like, I don't yeah. ha- I'm not very... I'm not big into cars. I'm not into boats, you know. So, what about you? Yeah. Um, obviously, the first thing is always pay off your parents' debts mm-hmm. and set them up real nice. Um, secondly, um, I would definitely buy... I would spend that on houses. I don't know if I would... No, I probably would have one here. Why the fuck not? One here. Mm-hmm. One in New York. And then one in probably Istanbul at this point. Maybe one in Paris, depending yeah. on how. It I works. don't know. I think that depending on where you're in New York, you are in New York, you might be way. I, like, what were you thinking in New York? Because in New York, oh City, no, just like not, just like in a just like an apartment. apartment like, I don't yeah, want like a fucking penthouse, yeah, like yeah, nothing yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then, then obviously three, invest a lot of it because you could basically turn yeah. money into money. Um, three would be yeah, invest in um, in Dogecoin. Mm-hmm. And then I'd probably set like ten million aside to like gamble. Um, you know, just because why not. Um, yeah, it, you, it reminds, you remember the Hannibal Burris joke where it's uh, his talking to his brother-in-law is talking to his nef- uh, niece and nephew, and it's like, "You got five dollars. What can you do with it? I can save it, spend it, invest it." And then Hannibal goes, "Or oh, you could gamble that shit." <laughs> <laughs> no, I never. I didn't. I never. Yeah. I didn't see that. Anyway, great stuff. Um, and so, uh, what? I just wrote down the line. Oh, you, you gotta go. Well, we, we got to, like, basically Natalie is now, like, in full-blown, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's gone to her head exactly. at this point. Yeah, she's really, she's been a diva. Um, I and, wrote that down, and I didn't want to say that, because I feel like... No, I don't think that that's being... I, I understand there's okay. a sexist trepidation with it. I don't think that that's inherently a sexist thing to say, because she is be acting like a diva. I mean, it's not... Um, and uh, For sure. Yeah, and so... She wants all red M&Ms and all red Skittles in the mm. green room. That's a cra- honestly, that's a crazy thing to do. M and M's fine. That's just you being crazy because excuse me, they all taste the same. But why are you just gonna have red Skittles? You, the whole point is to taste the rainbow. How about pink uh, Starburst only? That's fine, but I think pink and red are. I mean, honestly, I like the, the variation. The variation is why you do it. You know, it's the spice of life. Um, but yes, talking about Starburst. I mean, I think about I think more about sugary candy than almost anything in the world. So I think that. I have thought about this quite a bit. What I would say is that I can understand if someone said they want Skittles, but they want the green ones taken out. Because, as any true Skittles head will tell you, the sour apple completely throws off the balance. It's way too strong in comparison to the other ones. Back when it was live, I agree. It, was, it was a symphony. It was a symphony. Um, uh, I know. Anyway. So, 
Um, she gets then mad that um, there's a bunch of cables on the floor that she almost trips over, and they get in a fight. She gets in a fight with the sound guy, um, and he ends up getting fired. Yeah, uh, your boy Billy. Um, Damn it! He gets fired, and you know what? He was due for this, obviously, not just because of what we know later on, but he is kind of like a jerk to like people on set, yeah. so. Happy yeah. trails, bitch. And I think that it, this is kind of a realization, a wake-up call for Natalie a little bit. Like, oh, that she... Because she clearly feels bad about getting him fired. Um, right. It reminds me a lot of, like, that this felt feels like the very... One of the big genres of pranks they used to do on the show Punked was that they would get celebrities to complain about someone, and then the person would get fired, and then they feel bad about it. Remember that? <laughs> that would yeah. That would be a thing they did a lot. And you always could tell who was a good person by who felt bad about it and who didn't. Um... But uh, shouts about yeah. to, shouts to Zach Braff who uh, acquitted himself Ooh. the worst of anyone in the history of the show Punked. Um, literally no yeah. one's worse. And I, he, I, he wanted it, to punch the kid, right? Yeah, it, like it, you did. Um, the thing with Punked is almost every celebrity came out looking better because they handled it pretty well. He could not have handled it worse. It really is an insane thing that we just like that, uh, that anyone donated to his fucking Kickstarter after that. I just man, anyway. I hate that guy so much. Yeah. Um, I, if uh, I, his movie is called "I Wish I Was Here." Yeah, I wish he was in hell. No, that's bad. That's I shouldn't say that. Um, wait, just, wait, no, no. But um, I think honestly, the best one that that did it was uh, my favorite is Justin Timberlake. Oh, <laughs> classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Just sitting on that driveway, all forlorn. It's hilarious. I forget who it was. That there's someone who was on it that had like they convinced them that they were in contact with like a deadly pathogen and they had to get like scrubbed down. <laughs> I forget who it was. Anyway, uh, <laughs> shouts to that show um, and shouts to the fact that Ashton Kutcher is now like you know a super rich uh, VC. Um, anyway. Shouts to your mama too. Yeah. Oh my God, your mama. Um, <laughs> Wilma Valderrama. What a time! What a time to be alive. We're two different That's Every Show cast members hosted MTV reality shows. <laughs> Dude, I know. It's funny because I saw Wilmer Valderrama like when I was like waiting outside of the ArcLight once, mm-hmm. and he couldn't have carried himself like more of an A-lister. And I was just thinking, like, bruh, like as that guy on Twitter, you're not that guy. You're not yeah, that guy, pal. Wil- <laughs> Wilmer Valderrama, like, I just feel like there ha- you have to have some humility if you're that guy. Like, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine being so not self-aware. Where in the 2010s, you're Wilmer. I'm assuming it's 2010s. You're Wilmer Valderrama, and you don't realize, like, hey, I'm not famous anymore, and that's okay. But no, anyway, um, the freaking fez. Anyway, so um, he gets fired, etc. And uh, we cut to Monk in therapy with Doctor Bell. Um, and I do. I just starts with Garfunkel. I'm the biggest Garfunkel who ever lived. <laughs> um, and she, cause again, she, yeah. Again, Garfunkel has taken tremendous amounts of shots. Yeah, like he was half of that duo. Even if you think Paul Simon wrote most of the songs, like no one is out here. Like, it just feels so rude, um, for no reason. Um, anyway, so he Monk is mad that she's doing all this. He's like, she's like, he's like, I get her money almost every week, which I do love the use of the word almost. There is very funny. Um, yeah. But Dr. When do you pa- think he'll recover? When do you think he'll recover from the house debacle? Uh, unclear. I don't think it's ever brought up again. Um, but uh, also, it's not like he was great with money paying on time before the house debacle. Right. I thought he was just saving a ton of cash, not having to pay for Trudy's office anymore. Yeah. Um, 
And Dr. Bell kind of takes Natalie's side where he's like, you know, Natalie's a human being, you know? Like, let her... She, she might be going a little crazy because it's hard to be famous. Um, and uh, he tells a story where he once wrote a bestseller and he became a little... a bit of a diva. Yeah, and um, it doesn't matter. Like, at this point, like, Monk's just, like... He's not hearing it. And Bell basically asks, like... He, he breaks it down. He's like, hey, why, why are you just not happy for her? Mm-hmm. Like, simple. Like, she's been here for you for everything and all this stuff. And basically, the gist of it is that Monk is just, like, insulted by her behavior. And he starts to get this weird thing where he starts to, like, question, like, her actual contributions mm-hmm. to the team. Because mm-hmm. he's, like, the famous detective. Or, like, he's the detective. He's the one that's actually on mm-hmm. the line, like, solving the stuff. Yeah. And, like, what does she do? Which mm-hmm. is just, like, bro, you wouldn't be able to function without her. Yeah. yeah. And... And then he's like, he talks about how her job that she's famous for is stupid. Like, what does she do? And he picks up a calendar. It's like, ooh, 91. A talking mon- monkey could do her job. And I think that this gag is actually, like, free. Like, this is actually a really good character gag because it's Monk making fun of her. And sure enough, he does what she does wrong. That she he picks up this right, right, right. upside down. It's like, oh, uh, that's right. actually 16. It's like the line goes under the number six. Um, is that how that works, by the way? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that the line goes under the six. Um, but also, it's a calendar. It wouldn't be 91. Monk is just being an idiot. But, um, and uh, then she, he's like, she got someone fired. He was a nice kid. Which, that's just Monk trying to be mad at Natalie because he was not a nice kid. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that nice kid, though, he goes to see Malcolm. Yeah. And, um, you know... He's, it's not a friendly visit, although no. Malcolm doesn't think that at the time. He's actually, mm-hmm. like, kind of, like, flattered by the fact that he's there because mm-hmm. he's seen him before. And, um, unfortunately for Billy, um, let's just call him Billy Bats going mm-hmm. from now on because mm-hmm. he takes out a bat and he, he, he takes him down and yes. he's not coming back. Exactly. He hits him over the head with a, a bat. Um, batter up is what I wrote in the, my notes. Um, and so, and he, cause, because the reason he does it is because... Malcolm has a photo of Billy with a guy that we don't know at the time, but ends up being his accomplice, uh, and that's obviously evidence. Um, right. And then we cut to the body is on the sidewalk, so clearly uh, Billy pushed it out of the window, um, and uh, Malcolm. Show, before- show, by the way, by the way, showing a lack of respect for coroners because they would be easily able to tell that he died yeah. from blunt force trauma ha- before the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I actually would imagine he probably just got knocked out by the baseball bat. I think he probably would have died from the fall, but they'd be able to see the bruise on the back of his head. Um, okay. But anyway, there's a suicide note that just says, tired of losing, which is definitely not real. Also, they'd be able to tell handwriting. This is, this is real. I mean, Billy doesn't seem like a smart guy, so like I'm not really surprised that he's bad at this, but... Right. Um, and so, Monk is looking around, and uh, he's like, why would he kill himself? There's the big jackpot tomorrow night. But then he picks up a contact lens case, and there's only one lens in it. But uh oh, he got fluid on him. Yeah, so he needs a wipe. He needs mm-hmm. a wipe bad, and uh, he asks Stottlemyre because mm-hmm. that's obviously Natalie's not around uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Stott's got nothing for him, mm-hmm. and uh, and Stott's like, you know, where where is Natalie? So we cut to where Natalie is, and basically she's in the front of the building, but again, being approached by a ton of people that are mm-hmm. very, you know thrilled to see her 
And, you know, it's starting to affect her performance on the job, mm-hmm. which rightfully so, you know, Monk gets yeah. irritated by it. If we didn't know that he was being unreasonable about it before, then mm-hmm. we would be like, just on his side, period. Yeah, and, and I think and I think you kind of get back to his side here. And then, then he's argue, argues with her, um, where he's trying to basically get everyone's attention. Because, like, the way he actually, it's clear that the thing he's mad about with Natalie is not that she's not doing her job, it's that she's taking away attention. Because he isn't saying to her, like, Natalie, get over here. He's trying to get everyone else's attention, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. He's he's starting to play up to the crowd. Um, yeah, he's compensating here. Um, and so, you know, he's kind of vamping, and he even, like, refers to, like, some of his previous murders that he solved, a.k.a. Yeah. the astronaut one. Um, I forgot. I think he said it from the year before. Is that Which is just, just not true, because that was, like, three seasons ago. I don't know what he's talking about. He That's what I thought. That. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, and then he's like, and we're putting this contact lens in bag number 32. And then I really like the sincerity with it. Natalie's like, are you mocking me in public? Which is like, you know, that's rude. It's like, I have a real job. I'm changing people's, and she says, I'm changing people's lives. Which, she's not actually doing that, but I don't, yeah, she can say that if she wants to. Um, and then he, this is where Monk really crosses the line. It's, I'm kind of out on him for the rest of the episode in terms of on his side. Where he says, sure. you're just reading little numbers. They would hire some other bit important person which like i'll say you can't call a person who's important to a bimbo like that's like like that's it's not like a slur at all but it is like actually like a super duper fucking rude thing to call someone like that is something you really can't almost can't come back from yeah you can call a guy a himbo and it's like not that big of a deal um but it's just like bro like she's been there for you for like what five seasons now uh this is yeah basically so just like, uh, yeah, she I saved don't know. your life multiple times. Like you can't call her a bimbo. That's so fucked up. Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not the best look. But obviously, we know that at some point he's gonna come to his senses. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and she's really fit. Like, do you think I'm a bimbo? Like, what do I do for you? You know, like she's done so much different. Yes. Um, and so um, he says you're gonna have to choose between the lottery job or um, this. And she yeah. says, then I guess I quit. And Monk's like, okay, we'll call the station manager. It's like, no, 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 I quit you. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can't be too surprised judging by how the, how he just treated her. So, mm-hmm. you know, good for her. Yeah, honestly, that's completely. Uh, she's completely in the right in deciding to quit. Like, you know. Yes. Um, and uh, so we caught to Stalmer at the gym. Where just talk a little about Stalmer's gym look. I mean, she just really. Yeah, I mean, he's got the Under Armour on, um, so, you know, he, he's he's with the times. He's got to protect the uh, house. Yeah, he's got, uh, you know, he's got a headband and, like, the whole full tracksuit kind of deal, right? Kind of? Yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely playing some uh, racquetball. Yes. Um, and so he, he's on the phone with Monk, and he mentions that, obviously, from the, judging from how we hear the conversation, Monk's crying, and he's basically, you know... Wondering where Natalie is and and trying to get Sotomayor to somehow tell her tell him where she is or something, mm-hmm. and you know Sotomayor tries to talk some sense into him and he just tells Monk like hey like he knows that he's feeling lonely or whatever so I need to go back to the office later so just come with me or mm-hmm. meet me there. Yeah, and so um, Sotomayor goes to play some racquetball and Billy sneaks in, breaks into Sotomayor's locker and replaces one of his lottery tickets. And, uh, you know, in every other, in any other show or, like, in any other scenario, you'd be like, hell yeah, you know, because you know what's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, thrilled. I'm just like, hell yeah. But at, we all know he's not going to be able to keep this. Mm-hmm. And so um, Monk is then 
in the station with Stamar and Disher, being like, why did I make her choose? Everybody leaves, and then it keeps going on. And he says, I, one of the best phrases ever written, I'm oozing Garfunkel. <laughs> uh, which just makes me very uncomfortable. Um, and they're, they're watching the numbers, and Stamar is paying attention. He's got a, you know, two, three, four. And Monk wants to turn it off, but Stamar throws the remote because they're waiting for the last number, waiting for it. And much like a coked-out person in the mid-70s asking, asked where they want to go party that night, the last number is 54. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Sotomayor is stoked about it. Uh, I guess, you know, buying the 20 tickets finally paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's already, like, making plans. He, he's paying for Disher's student loans. Which I think it is any... notable that Sotomayor is a very good guy because that's, like, the second thing he says. Right, yeah, and, like, not only that, but, like, he's, like, we've talked about before, like, they're all very chummy at this point, Mm -hmm. when he offered to, like, get a second mortgage on his house and get Monk's bail money. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I gotta ask, because you you just have some type of sandwich in front of you now, what do you, what what, what, what do we read? Mm. Is this place called Afters? Mm -hmm. They sell you, like, donuts, basically, Mm -hmm. donut buns, and a scoop of ice cream inside. Jeez, that's, what's up about decadence? So it's like I got a milk, I got a milk and it. cereal, milk and cereal ice cream, and oh, it, yeah, yeah. That's great stuff. You gotta love it. I feel like we. Have, I feel like there was a long time we we spent a long time not innovating in the donut space, and I'm glad mm. the people that are you know really doing what they gotta do for the donut space. Um, and so uh, we then cut to Monk. He's eating alone, and Natalie shows up, and with the classic, she didn't know where else to go. They turn on the news, and there's two winners for the lottery. Eugene Maddox and Leon Stoudemire um, and uh, they suspended the payment to Stoudemire because it looks like they so it looks like it was somehow rigged and um, they think that Natalie did it to help Stoudemire you know not the I mean I if I were the station manager and I found out about this like I, you can't be too surprised by this no I mean wait what that 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 what I'm that it, that, that, it looked, that it looks like not good for Natalie because yeah. like she has a relationship oh, of or course. Not a, you know what I mean yeah and and on top of that because once they find out that it's rigged it's like well then who in the station the new person we hired just hired has a relationship with one of the winners like that's a really easy Aquaman razor so they, they go to the station to go um, see what's going on and apparently they received an anonymous tip to check out the balls and they run the machine again and uh oh it's the same exact numbers yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's pretty cut and dry that there's some uh, tomfoolery going on here. Some chicanery. I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to like you know use it wrong or I didn't want to reach red. Okay, that's fair. Um, so yeah, like something's up, and they kind of go over like what could it have been? Like they weighed all the balls, they bounced them, they checked the sizes, everything, and like there's nothing wrong with the balls per se. Mm-hmm. However. There is one thing wrong with the balls, and that is that those six numbers in particular happen to have been painted um, with a cr- uh, with metallic paint mm-hmm. as opposed to the acrylic, acrylic paint that yeah that goes over the rest of them. So and, and there's a magnet in the microphone, right? Yes, um, and so the like there's someone from the gaming commission there, the lottery commission, who's like truly just like real rude, like you better get good lawyers, don't insult our talent, etc., etc. And the other guy, Eugene, apparently um, agreed to not sue the gaming commission in exchange for a large settlement. But Monk finds a hat 
in the sound area mm-hmm. that uh, piques his interest. And, um, yeah, we uh, then cut to a poolside. Um, yeah. And Billy and Eugene, they got some uh, got some, some girls with them, you know. The type of girls you only can get if when you look like that if you just had got a lot of money. Right, yeah, they're chilling at the pool. They're uh, having some brews. And, you know, Billy's kind of feeling himself, but uh, the cops show up and they bust his ass, basically. And Disher says... Yeah. You got your numbers, which, you know, he, he, I think he nailed it there. I think he, that's good. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did at this point. I wish this would have been the first time. Yeah. But anyways. Mm-hmm. And then apparently we learned that they were two old, they were old friends, that they worked on a couple film sets together, and he, Monk recognized that the jacket that Eugene wore when he accepted his lottery check was the, had the same logo on it as the hat that was in the station. Um, and so... Uh, that what what they realize is that actually you I, I, you haven't done what happened in a while so tell me what happened. Uh, so basically, what um, what seemed to happen is the night that Marissa was killed, she happened to have caught Billy rigging the machine. Mm-hmm. So obviously she was gonna tell on him or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he'd be in a big trouble. So he killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, okay, so basically all that the rest of it that happens is that. He was going to make himself... Okay, no. He needed to get rid of the magnet in order to like get rid of the evidence of them cheating. Mm-hmm. But, but he, he couldn't, couldn't get that. back in there after he got fired. After he got fired. Exactly. Um, and then that's kind of like just Well, because it, right? then in order to get suspicion off of him, he needed someone, it to look like someone else rigged it. So he picked right, one right. of Natalie's friends to make it look like Natalie rigged it. Right, yes. Mm. Which, you know, not, not too... Not, I mean, uh, a pretty smart plan uh, to think of mm-hmm. like just on the fly. Yeah, and so uh, you know, we then uh, I love Disher goes and like you you know what you did to my friend. He lives a sad life. His wife left him. His girlfriend's in jail. He looks like a, a little photo of a boat, wishing he was. I just love that so much. <laughs> um, yeah, he fucking roast the hell out yeah. of Scott. And uh, then he says to uh, Billy, "You're gonna be wearing some numbers too, prison numbers." Anyway, then we cut to the end where uh, there's a new lottery girl, and Monk's like, "You miss it, don't you?" And Natalie says that she's proud to be his Garfunkel. And then we really... Yeah. Monk... What does Monk say about Garfunkel? Uh, well, basically, there's this whole confusion about who he thought Garfunkel was. I think he thought that it was Garfield, the cat. Yeah, so he's a cartoon cat who hates Mondays. No, that's Garfunkel. I mean, that's Garfield. Like, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, uh, like the chipmunks? No, the musicians. And then Natalie starts singing songs that they do. It's like, oh, so they're hippies. Yeah, cartoon hippies. It's like, no, they're not a cartoon... I, it always goes back. I didn't realize it the first time I watched through it, but everything always goes back to Monk hating hippies. Yeah, he must really hate, like, uh, Scooby-Doo. Yes. Oh, there's no way he would like Scooby-Doo. Because, yeah. like, it, it, it one, it, in his mind, it probably bastardizes detective work, and two, they're hippies. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, no. Also, he'd definitely be like, there's no way that mask would be that good. Um... Uh-huh. The funny thing about Scooby-Doo is that, like... The talking dog, too, probably. I would say, in America... Maybe once or twice a year, does someone dress up as something scary in order to scare people away from somewhere? You know what I mean? In all the fifty states, in Scooby Doo, once a week, someone there's a situation where someone ha- feels like, "Hmm, how do I solve this problem?" I know, I'll dress up as something scary and scare people. <laughs> yeah, and then a bunch of stone teenagers will investigate and never catch me. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, shout out to the Scooby Doo video game on the N sixty four. Great game. I don't know if you ever played it. Um, they never played it. Good fun. Uh, anyway. So, 
we then uh, the episode ends, and I ask you, what do you give this episode out of ten? I gave it a seven point five. I gave it an eight. Eight. The numbers uh, in the days of Hanukkah. Um, you know. Is it really only eight days? Yeah. Why do you think the Adam Sandler movie was called Eight Crazy Nights? I've never seen that movie. So that movie know. is a movie I've seen twice, and I have not seen. Uh, I'm trying to think. I've I've seen. I'm not going to name a movie I haven't seen because I don't like people get mad at me about not having seen classic movies. But uh, yeah, it's movie. It's not good at all. It's actually genuinely bad. But it is a movie I've seen twice, and I'm not Jewish. Um, but anyway, uh, all right. No matter what your denomination is, you can follow us on Twitter at Strictlymunkin. Uh, and uh, Andre, we will follow you. Uh, you can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the Jay Christie. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, share this show with the biggest Monk fan in your life. Um, and, uh, you know, just keep letting, if you like the show, please keep letting us know. Um, we love our big fans who respond to the show often. You know who you are. Um, but yeah, uh, tune in. Tune in next time as we talk about Mr. Monk takes a punch. Oh, man, I can't do anything. Um, no, do like, like, a, like a sound effect. Like, Ah, oh, let's get monkey.